Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Can't hit us with the jingle. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast. Coffee Time Wednesday. Best 15 minutes of your week. Possibly the worst of Kent's. What about yours? Mine? I don't know. I usually press start, black out, don't remember anything, and then go back and listen to it later. <laughs> yeah. That's a dangerous, that is a dangerous game to play. Then I you, just say whatever comes to mind. When you produce and, content for the masses. Yeah. The masses consuming our content. Speaking of the masses, I got a thing that Kent shared to me that Luke Fritz shared to that him. That lump on your neck? Yeah. It's been growing. <laughs> it moves. It like moves around. I just anyway. made that up. Do you yeah, really? Yeah, I know. I don't have a lump <laughs> on my neck, Ken. I'm like, I'm like secretly like rubbing it. Like, I hope nobody sees this. That's why I'm wearing a hat all the way down to my my chin. Uh, you like whisper something to it. Yeah. <laughs> it gives me bad thoughts. <laughs> don't listen to him, Herbert. <laughs> all right. My thing's about trucking, and I got opinions on it. One, it's from Fox Business. Which is like big Fox fan, Nick is. Yeah, huge fan of Fox. Fox Fox and and CNN are my two favorite (laughs) newscasters. Somewhere in the middle, it lies the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, I don't think so because you're putting them on a spectrum. It's like somewhere up and way up in the (laughs) middle. (laughs) It's like a three dimensional thing, and they're not even on the graph. Yeah. But their whole point was the volume of things being trucked is down, the trucking industry is hurting. And they were saying people aren't spending as much, even going into the holiday season. There's not near as much of a boost as there should be. There might be some trucking companies that go out of business because of it. You know, it's very doom and gloom. Um, the liberals are, are killing the world, and Joe Biden is is making sure that, you know, the that we're going down with it. Uh, classic Fox article. But, <laughs> uh, but what I want to say is they talked about uh, so, someone was quoted on there saying that they thought that everyone spent their cash reserves, that we had COVID and then people spent their cash reserves. And what I heard was we got given free money and we spent it on junk and now we're out of that free money. Yeah. And uh, there were jokes because when the stimulus came out, Walmart had giant signs for TVs that were the exact money of the stimulus. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. You know, and they had, or they'd put like uh, video games and TV bundles together that they were the exact same. And, and, you know, most of that's like memes on the internet, but they were real pictures of real Walmart. And Walmart knows what they're doing. You know, they're not fools. Oh, yeah. They know. They, I bet that TV costs $500, but they're like, well, the stimulus is out. We'll just charge $600, you know? Yeah, I think that happened a lot. You know, just the, the prices rose to match the new money that was in everybody's yeah. pocket. And know? I'm sure. Lots of the new money was used well to feed people and to pay their rent and and to do this. I'm sure lots and lots of it was. I'd love to see what percentage of the money was spent on what. Like how much of it was spent on Netflix accounts or how much of it was spent on um, food. Like There's got to be a study out there. There's got to be. If you're listening and you know of a study that would... That would address this. Send it our way, please. Like how much of it was spent on ice cream versus how much of it was spent yeah, on like actual so food, you know? And I'll, I'll be generous. Like have your Hot Pockets or your uh, – have your Hot Pockets or like um, like chicken nuggets. You know, have food that's unhealthy. I don't care. 
you know, but it, it's getting spent on food. Great. Um, and I'm not saying the money was given to you. You can spend it however you want, but it's how the masses decide to spend that money <clears throat> makes me very curious. Makes me wonder what's going on right now. But back to the trucking companies, you know, I know I can count on my hands right now, four people that I personally know that own a trucking company. And, uh, I haven't heard any woes from it. And I don't know if you guys remember, but two years ago, there was a huge bump in prices mm-hmm. and you couldn't find truckers. They were just hard to find people. Things were getting well, shipped was, all over the place. A big strike that was going on too. But that was in like Canada, wasn't yeah, it? Yep. But, and so prices were up. Diesel was way up. Um, and it was hard to find truckers to do things. There were some trucking businesses that went out of business there because they had made large bid contracts and went out of business because of fuel. The fuel price was up. Mm-hmm. I, I read something wasn't, on that. Yeah, wasn't there? There was some. I think there was a protest over fuel prices, and then somehow vaccines got tied into that in Canada. I think right. They were going to force force uh, the truck drivers to take. Uh, take the vaccine or something like that i think wasn't there something like something. wasn't that part of the protest too i think i just know but that it, it started as a fuel price thing wasn't that or am i, I don't know how it started events? i remember and i don't remember the facts so forgive me i remember agreeing with the truckers and thinking the strike was a good idea but i don't remember what any of the the, the we don't know why they were striking yeah <laughs> i just agreed with it apparently. i'm with you brother yeah. <laughs> i don't know i mean truck drivers is like People, you can have two very different views. One, it's like they're the hardworking Americans that that make thing that make things happen in America, and the other is like truck stops, and it's kind of like a slimy place, you know, and people avoid stopping there and yeah, stuff like that. But I think overall, they do work quite hard, you know. And they're, yeah, you know, they have long work days, and I always think of the impact working through the night. Yeah, and the and the family impact, you know, yeah. just being away, you know, for the guys that go out of state with the routes and stuff. But I wonder with this. With this um, slump in truck driving, if prices will start dropping pretty rapidly, um, we use one company that they have trucks, but they're like a shipping company, um, and they're smaller. They're not like a giant. You're not. They're not like UPS or something. And um, they used to be the cheapest by far, and now they're the cheapest per package. But then to show up at our doorstep to pick up the package, they're like another twenty dollars. So I have to have like five packages to even make it worth shipping out through them. I'm like, this just isn't going to work anymore. So I had to make a UPS account and blah, blah, blah. But I am wondering what, because because how much is being shipped is one of the main indicators of the economy, along with like yeah. average home prices, the uh, inflation rate, which is based on um, uh, uh, not consumer goods, um, commodity goods, mm. uh, prices, stuff like that. So it's one of the main the one of the main things. So what is it saying? It I, I my understanding is it's saying that America doesn't have money to spend right now. And when you're in I was thinking about this recently. When you're in a slump, a recession, the only way to get out of it that I understand is overproducing, hmm. underconsuming. The reason is you have to produce enough goods to make up for all that bubble that happened the past few years. So you have to consume enough for that and or produce enough for that and produce enough for what needs to be consumed right now. And it's not just producing as like making enough things. It, it's producing like like 
making people laugh more, volunteering more hours, being um, uh, being more present with your community, um, buying locally. Those things are all what I'd consider like good producing. And then there's just working hard at your job. Yeah. Those those things. And if you think about World War II, that pulled us out of the slump that was the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. The The big thing was we worked so hard. And it was mostly the women. Women worked so hard. And mm-hmm. they worked... The The average workday was t- from when you woke up till we, you went to bed because there was uh, um, a big push to have chickens. A lot of the women had kids by themselves. Like taking care of the kids by themselves or they had their parents to help them with. Or people who were normally retired were jumping either jumping back into the workforce or they were running like free daycare centers for moms who were mm. going, you know. So there was like lots and lots of work by people who aren't normally working. And I think that's probably what we need right now. And I, I'm not an advocate for work all day, you know, work your whole life away. I, uh, despite what it seems like, I feel like I do a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, um, but to pull out of a recession, I believe in um, producing. If everyone produced four hours of work more per week than they have for the past while, we'd pull ourselves right out of this recession, right out of it. Mm. Yeah, the the thing that's always interesting to me is. where where the money comes from to climb out of a recession you know because a lot of the privately owned companies they're hurt too you know and do you have the payroll to pay people more what happened coming out of the great depression was you know roosevelt's new deal where you had all these big public works um you know organizations like the ccc that which that'd be a great podcast to cover sometime. The, the civilian conservation Corps, mm-hmm. where they did like all these tree plantings and stuff all mm-hmm. over the country. And yeah. And, uh, they, I know a lot of dams went in during, um, which now that's, that's not good. We've learned, you know, yeah. like they're taking big, one down right now. Taking, uh, there's been several that have gone down and, um, it was interesting because where's the where's the money coming from to pay all these? Well, it's essentially tax dollars through the government, the federal government, you know, to to like give people money in their pocket again coming out of the recession. So it is interesting, you know, like where does you know the money didn't stop existing? How do you you know it all ended up in a few different places, right? It's kind of like all the leaves in your yard; you get them all raked up into yeah. a pile and the wind comes by and blasts them all over. And a lot of times they end up in like two or three places, right? Like mm-hmm. wrapped, usually under your grill. That's yeah. where they <laughs> All the leaves in your two acre yard <laughs> under right. your grill. All under the grill. But, uh, you know, that's kind of like what happens in a recession is all that money that was, you know, all piled up and everybody had a little bit of it, you know, now it gets swept away and, where where does it go? Where where are the few pockets that it ends up in? That's where you got to start getting that money back out of to some extent. Yeah, and in circulating to everyone again, and so it worked to do the new you know the New Deal model worked um, in in the 30s when uh, FDR rolled that out. But yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting now you know to see and and um, so so often I think that we're not really set up from a societal value standpoint anymore to like 
live without debt. You know what I mean? Like look at how much debt our our government is in, like our country is in mm-hmm. so much debt. You know, and you're gonna be the Lone Ranger out there who's gonna live with zero debt and you're gonna like have all your bills paid and you're gonna like yeah. that's that's swimming against the current. It is very difficult to do. Right. Because yeah. there's so many things we we consider quote unquote standard of living that we need to have that yeah. require going into debt to have. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and, and maybe you are somebody who, who has no debt, you know, I'd ask you this. Well, what if what if your primary vehicle right now just got fried? I mean, mm-hmm. like you couldn't it's not fixable. Are you going to be able to just come up with the cash to replace that vehicle tomorrow? You know what I mean? Say like same quality, same reliability and everything. And maybe yes, hopefully yes. But I would bet for a lot of people, you know, I don't have any car payments, but I couldn't say yes, you know, if, if my truck was just totally dead. Yeah. You know, that I would just be able to, you know, replace it with a, just as good of a vehicle like that cash. You know, that's a, that's a good chunk of money anymore. Yeah. And it's not, you know, you can go right on down the list with things like that, you know. And if If people had a savings account, a recession this size would feel almost non-existent because mm-hmm. when people live their life with their bank account floating at 500 to $1,000, all of a sudden you have a little recession. Now you're at negative $2,000, yeah. you know, but if you sit at maybe a quarter of your yearly income, always sitting in your bank account, um, then when let's say you make 40,000 and you have $10,000, a little recession. Okay. Now you're down to $7,000. Well, we hit a little speed bump, but that's okay. We'll, we'll climb back up. That's all part of it. But, and I think a lot of people, well, I need, I need the money. I need the money. And a lot of people really do need the money. We need a lot less money than we think we do. Yeah. We just need a lot less money than we think. Well, lifestyle creep is, we talked about that the last time. Oh dude. Yeah. We're going to get to my topic today though, Nick. Yeah, we're going to get to it, but there's one thing I need to, (laughs) I need to mention. That's like, it's, it's a linchpin of what I was talking about. Um, I forgot to say that. What's a linchpin? Is that the thing in the grenade? Yeah. Keep, keeps it together is kind (laughs) of the idea. It keeps it from flying. (laughs) Yeah. In my face. Yeah. (laughs) It's important to note that not only do we need to produce more, we need to do it expecting less in return. So we need to actually produce more for less money. Yeah, if that makes sense. True. So if you're a photographer, instead of charging $150, do more shoots for $110. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, we we should expect instead of getting paid $80,000 a year, get paid $72,000 a year. I'm not so I'm not saying drastically like cut everything in half. I'm just saying like a little bit less um mm-hmm. income and a little bit more work, that's what pulls us out of a recession. Cuz mm-hmm. it offsets the too much pay and not enough work that got us into this recession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So anyway, I am very curious about your topic, but we're out of time. So <laughs> not that I'm gonna... Valley fever. Uh, this is something that's, uh, I guess, has been going on for and a Ken's long time. And Ken's home for like three straight <laughs> weeks. Yeah. All my fingernails fell off. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may have a radiation leak yeah, in your area. That's leprosy, brother. That's yeah. different. Uh no, um, Valley fever is a thing that goes on down in the Southwest, I guess. I, I didn't hear about it. I just saw, I think I saw it, uh, this article was floating around on Facebook, maybe. It's been so long since I, you know, read it since I didn't get to ever talk about it. But um, it's uh, a fungal infection 
that gets into the airway of farm workers down in uh, the southwest. So I'm guessing a lot of like tomato and um, grape uh, production farms. Uh, and probably other fruit as well that's grown in the southwest. Uh, maybe some avocado production. Um, but it's a fungus that lives in the soil. And it's called, like it's it's in like the genus Coxioides, I think is how you say it. And um, it uh, lives really well in like warm, like most funguses, warm, uh, moist environments, right? Which is what can make a fungal infection so dangerous for, for uh, mammals, right? Uh, our airway is a warm, uh, damp environment, right? And uh, so what happens is like this, it, it, there are certain weather conditions that triggers it. And it's a, um, a wet spring followed by like a, a, an arid summer, right? So really mm. the, the thing that's out of the norm there is the wet spring. So every summer there's going to be arid, you know, hot mm-hmm. and dry. But um, if they get a lot of spring rainfall, it like it provides enough moisture for this fungus to bloom right to send out all of its spores and spread everywhere and um tons and tons of these farm workers get sick from it and mm-hmm. um uh so the article that i read was from um uh, uh scientific uh um foxnews.com no scientific american and um it was by uh Ashley uh, Blow, and uh, it's titled Valley Fever is a Growing Fungal Threat to Outdoor Workers. And uh, How serious is it? Like if someone comes down with it. Yeah, so I have some, I have some. Oh, wow, Siri thinks it's very serious. Yeah. Um, No, uh, I have some data here for that. So it says in up to 10% of those infected, some symptoms can last for years. And, um, uh, the CDC, uh, reports that about 200 people die from the disease every year. So like, Whoa, it's, yeah. it's fatal, but also only 40% become symptomatic. So like 60% of people, and they said part of that could be people don't go and, get checked out because they're worried that you know you know unfortunately a lot of these people doing these jobs they're um people they're they're migrant workers they're Mm -hmm. they're um uh, people who've who even you know entered into our country in an undocumented way yeah and so going into the doctor now tips off the radar and you get deported and maybe get your employer in a lot of trouble, get your friends that work there also in trouble. So there's a lot of pressure for people not to go and not to miss work. And, and so they said, it's kind of hard to nail down what the real extent of it is, but, um, yeah, 40% become symptomatic and, um, you know, 200 people a year dying from this, fungal disease that's attacking their lungs kind of gives you like pneumonia like symptoms fever headache plus i assume all the coughing and, and yeah and that kind of you know irritated airway. sounds horrible yes and um uh the 
so here's the actual uh, mortality rate. It's about one death per 1,000 infections, which that might seem like, oh, I got pretty good odds, but think about the size of town that you live in. You know, so let's go to our nearest town, Pella. It's around what ten thousand people. Mm-hmm. That's ten people in a community. Yeah, you know that die of this this thing that you just catch. It, so it lives in the soil. You're out working in the soil, disturbing the soil. It kind of stirs up the spores. You end up breathing the spores in, and uh, they start to multiply in your lungs and. Uh, you know, basically just causes infection. So there's, t- there's talk of maybe coming up with a vaccine for it. A lot of times it gets viewed as a bacterial infection, and so it's treated with antibiotics, but that does nothing because it's not bacteria. It's it's a fungus. Mm. And so I'm not sure. We do obviously have different antifungal medications, but I don't know that. Yeah. I don't think there's one for for this particular, you know, fungus. But, you know, I thought it was just a good thing that they're raising awareness about it, you know, and, and, um, it's Nick and I were kind of talking about this just on like how cheap of, of products that we can have and consume. And there, you know, we look at that just from our end of, Oh good. I only have to give this many dollars over to have what I want. Yeah. But it's a reminder too, like cheap, like there, there's a cost somewhere. And sometimes that, that, cost is the health and safety of oh yeah the people that are that are you know making it happen convenience and comfort is always paid for and it's not always the person who gets the convenience and comfort Mm -hmm. it's just not you know what i mean like they had that um there was that whole debacle with how batteries are like cobalt is mine right and our convenience of our phones and think of how many how many of those batteries exist in just this room right now yeah well and and something interesting is that they like those people could get paid more but then your iphone's going to be three times as expensive are you willing to pay that cost right you know what i mean are you willing to pay an extra 60 bucks a month or an extra fifteen hundred dollars for your iphone you know and and that's uh that's part of it so someone always pays for it yep yep so so uh, all of our farming brethren uh, out in Southwest United States, we see you. We hope you're staying safe and healthy. And yeah, you know we're thankful for all the work that you do. If you're not getting paid enough. You cut. You give us a call. You come That's out here. Right. You work you for us. Go. We'll pay you. We enough. don't have Valley Fever here in the Midwest. Yeah, come on. Fight. I mean, it's it's <laughs> gonna be negative ten for uh, much of the year, but uh, <laughs> no no dying of fever, just freezing. That's right. All Thanks. right. Thanks everyone.